It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. It takes a lot of hard work and guts to make it in Detroit, and no one knows that better than Carhartt. Since 1889, Carhartt's been making the toughest, most trusted gear for anyone who outworks them. Because from field to farm and all sites in between, Carhartt's got your back for whatever lies ahead. Hey, this is Ryan Kreidler, and you're listening to the Road to Detroit podcast. Here's your host, Dan Hasty. There is a massive turnaround happening in the Tiger system right before our eyes. It is very easy to miss what is happening in West Michigan. The Whitecaps started their season with a record of 8-17. and 17. Nine games under 500 in very last place in the Midwest League Eastern Division standings. And then very quietly... West Michigan began to build momentum. Fast forward through the previous weekend, and West Michigan has gone from nine games under 500 to eight games over 500. The majority of that success has taken place in the last three weeks. West Michigan, at the time of this recording, has an 18 and six second half record in the Midwest League's Eastern Division. So naturally, you go back and you try to think, okay, who joined that team around that time? Is there a specific player? Is there a specific element that was introduced? And we took a look, and the answer is yes. There was one player specifically who joined the Whitecaps right around the time that they turned their season around. And it's a player that not only needs to start being considered as a top 30 Detroit Tigers prospect, but may have the best name for the position he plays in the entire organization. Here's the turn, now the 0-1 pitch. Josh Crouch hits it high and hits it deep to left. Mateo looks up, this ball is over and gone! Josh Crouch puts a charge into one for his sixth home run of the year. Josh Crouch. What a catcher's name. Josh Crouch has been playing out of his mind this season between low A Lakeland and predominantly high A West Michigan. We talk about the importance of having good catchers, and we talk about how long it can take for catchers to develop compared to other positions. And the performance Josh Crouch has put together this year is as good, if not better, than any catcher throughout the entire minor league system. And there are some talented catchers in this system. Dylan Dingler just went to the Futures game. But it's very easy to have missed what Crouch has done this year. He went to Lakeland, spent just two weeks there, hit over 330 with a 420 on base percentage. Then he went to West Michigan, and all he's done there in 53 games is hit 298, six homers, 37 runs batted in, with an on base percentage nearly at 380. Those are right on par with the numbers that a guy like Dylan Dingler had in West Michigan last year. By the way, Crouch and Dingler sitting at the same age. And we already know the skill set that Dylan Dingler has. But it's also important to consider the fact that Crouch plays a premium position. You might be thinking, he's a catcher. It's not just about his offense. A.J. Hinch will always say he wants his catchers to catch a winner. Well, we mentioned the fact that the Whitecaps are 17 games over 500 since Crouch arrived in West Michigan. 
Defensively, he's thrown out over 40% of base runners. He's also picked off four base runners this season. So not only is he throwing base runners out, he's keeping the other side honest, and he's affecting the game in more ways than one. Could you imagine if he ended up like a shortstop and people would just come to him all the time being like, you know, you should have been a catcher. Another thing I think is important when it comes to Crouch, he doesn't strike out that much. In a game where everybody strikes out all the time, Josh Crouch has a walk-to-strikeout ratio of 27-38 to this season. That's just 38 strikeouts in 64 games. Based on today's standards of baseball, people would say of Josh Crouch, this guy just doesn't strike out. Offensively, there are few places that indicate a hitter's talent than what he does in important situations. Well, Josh Crouch has excelled in those this season. Crouch is hitting 323 with runners in scoring position this year. 31 runs batted in in 41 games with more walks than strikeouts. You get somebody on base ahead of Josh Crouch, odds are he's found a way to drive that runner in. So it's not empty calorie statistics. These are impactful moments And this is somebody that the entire West Michigan team has seemingly rallied around. And you get the idea that pitchers like throwing to him. West Michigan was sitting near the very bottom in the Midwest League in Team ERA. And then Josh Crouch showed up. And now the team sits somewhere in the middle of the pack. But to make the leap, even from the bottom to the middle, means you have to be doing a lot of things right. And usually you don't get out of the basement in those types of team statistics. Usually you stay in there all year long. If you're a really good hitting team, you stay up there. If you're a really bad hitting team, you stay down there. But he has found a way to work with his pitchers. And there have been other good catchers in West Michigan that have helped along as well. I think it's important to mention that. But Josh Crouch has been a real focal point for West Michigan. Speaking of catchers in West Michigan, we had a very special occurrence on Sunday. Chase Barbary, a 25-year-old catcher who was released by the L.A. Dodgers at the end of spring training, hasn't really played a lot this season. For that matter, didn't really play a lot last season for the Dodgers. Had just eight at-bats, played in high A Great Lakes. The Tigers signed him, assigned him to West Michigan. He's been primarily the bullpen catcher. He's only had one start all season. Well, he started on Sunday. And coming into that game, he only had a total of four career base hits. His last one coming on August 23rd, 2019. Well, on Sunday, he got not one, but two. And it came against his former team. 1-1 the count on Barbary. Here's the kick and the pitch to him. Swinging a liner down the left field line, and it is a fair ball, and it's into the left field corner. Extra bases for Barbary. The former Great Lakes Loon is aboard with a leadoff double in the seventh. How do you like that? Chase Barbary gets his first base hit of the season. Two doubles in consecutive innings for Chase Barbary. The entire West Michigan team was up and applauding that situation. What a run it's been for West Michigan now, 18-6. We'll talk a little bit more about them as we go into the on-ramp. By the way, this is the Road to Detroit podcast presented by Carhartt. That is our producer, Nate Wangler. I'm Dan Hasty. You know, we always try to see what's happening well in the Tigers system. And it's somebody that hasn't gotten a lot of love over the course of this season from the scouting industrial complex. But Josh Crouch feels like somebody, if you don't have him in your top 30 at this point, you're doing it wrong. Coming up on today's episode, we'll talk to Ryan Kreidler, who is coming back from a groin injury. He was in West Michigan on a rehab assignment. And you'll be surprised to hear what methods Ryan Kreidler is using to keep his approach to the game fresh, different, new, He's trying to change things up, kind of like this show. Last week, we did a very non-traditional podcast. We broke down the first two picks in the draft for the Detroit Tigers. Jace Young, the 12th overall pick in the draft, that was reported by Jim Callis of MLB Pipeline. We've had him on this show. And second round pick, the shortstop from Oklahoma, Peyton Graham. That was a signing confirmed by the club. 
But Ryan Kreiler is changing it up in the most unique ways. We'll talk to him about it, get a little insight as to what helps him keep the game fresh. And by the way, that will not be our last non-traditional show. There is a real chance that the Tigers could be making a move or two at the MLB trade deadline. And if they do, and they make any trades to pick up minor league assets, we will be there to break it down. Last year, it was Daniel Norris to Milwaukee for Reese Olsen. He's turned into a top 20 Tigers prospect. Can't help but think the Tigers could take advantage of one or more similar situations this year. We'll also talk to Brian Pena. We were talking about West Michigan and the resurgence here in the second half. Brian Pena is kind of like the Cuban Ted Lasso. Everybody loves playing for him. He has been a unanimously beloved figure in his locker rooms, no matter where he's been. We talked to Brian Pena coming up in just a little bit. We talk about the relationships of him in his locker room, his search for greatness, and you're going to be surprised when you hear which college football team Brian Pena happens to be a card-carrying member of its fan club. So Brian Pena joins us on this edition of the Road to Detroit podcast presented by Carhartt. Some other signings throughout the Tigers system. The Tigers picks from rounds 4 through 11 were all announced to having signed their professional contracts, including right-hander Troy Melton out of San Diego State, Luke Gold, the third baseman from Boston College, shortstop Danny Soretti from North Carolina, and outfielder Seth Stevenson from the Tennessee Volunteers. Another name to keep an eye on, right-hander Trevin Michael, a 10th-round pick also out of Oklahoma. So Peyton Graham's teammate at the college level. Oklahoma was the runner-up at the College World Series, and Trevin Michael was their closer. He's 24 years old, so he's a little bit older than your typical draft pick, but that only means that he could end up in an advanced level of the Tigers minor league system. Maybe a place like West Michigan, maybe a place like Erie. It sounds like they're going to give him a real opportunity here in the system as the season gets into the second half. Last but not least, another promotion of sorts. Congratulations to Greg Gagne, the double-A broadcaster of the Erie Seawolves. He gets the call to go up and call a doubleheader for the Tigers as they took on the Oakland A's in Oakland. Greg has been gracious enough to join us on this podcast, and he has put the time in. I bet Oakland's pretty nice this time of year. So congratulations, Greg. Let's go to the on-ramp. To the complex league we go. The FCL Tigers, they split two games with the Phillies. There you go. It was right before the All-Star break, before, of course, losing to the Yankees and shutting out the Blue Jays. They have to play the Yankees at least six out of four days every single week. But meanwhile, one of the shortstops there in the FCL has done a really nice job, was just signed last year out of Venezuela. Five-game hitting streak for Abel Bastidas. He's hitting 283 in July, two homers, 15 runs batted in. The story about Bastidas when he signed was that he was more of a glove-first shortstop, but the bat has been every bit as good as the glove. You get the feeling he could be a fairly fast mover in the Tigers system. You think about what that looks like organizationally. The next level up is a guy like Christian Santana. The level beyond that, who knows, maybe a guy like Peyton Graham is eventually sitting in that spot. Tigers have poured a lot of resources into shortstops. And Abel Bastidas will probably be another one in the long line of shortstops coming through the Tigers' lower levels. Off to low A Lakeland. The Flying Tigers, well, they just did a lot of hurry up and wait this week. They ended up having three of their five games either canceled or postponed against Clearwater following the break. They split two games on Sunday. Isaac Pacheco has done a nice job in the month of July. He's tallied a hit in 14 out of 15 games this month. Finished four for seven with two doubles and an RBI throughout the doubleheader on Sunday. He's hitting 300 in July, and those numbers are starting to look really solid. It'll be interesting to see what the Tigers decide to do with him. Do you leave him in Lakeland to finish out the year and then have 2023 start in West Michigan? Or do you give him a little taste, kind of like what the Tigers did with a guy like Colt Keith last season? Meanwhile, Roberto Campos, three for eight on Sunday, two doubles and five runs batted in. Still waiting for more of that power to develop, but he's only 18 years old. And the thing about doubles is that doubles play anywhere. Doubles a very good indicator of how well you're hitting the baseball. He's hit 280 in July. That's Lakeland. Let's go to West Michigan. 
Well, we talked about it at the top of the show. They started the post-MLB All-Star break, winning two out of three on the road against the Great Lakes Loons. That was the team with the best overall record in their division this season. The Whitecaps currently sit in first place in the Eastern Division's second-half standings, a four-game lead over the Lake County Captains. That is the Cleveland Guardians Midwest League affiliate. Some of the standouts in West Michigan. You know, we've talked a lot about Ty Madden on this show. Boom! But we might need to talk about Brant Herter. Yeah, he dominated yet again on Saturday. Five innings of scoreless baseball. He's just casually been throwing scoreless inning after scoreless inning lately. Gave up just one hit, one walk, seven strikeouts. He was a seventh rounder out of Georgia Tech who has really good command for a guy who stands six feet, six inches tall at 250 pounds. 4-0 in the month of July, an ERA of 0.84. I kind of thought we might see him in West Michigan to start the season, but he got assigned to low A Lakeland, and he dominated there, and now he's doing more of the same with West Michigan. 21 and a third innings in July, 23 strikeouts. Meanwhile, we mentioned Ryan Kreidler, who will join us coming up in just a few moments here on the RTD. He did a rehab appearance with the Whitecaps over the weekend. He went two for six, two doubles, three runs batted in, scored a couple of runs. You know, those are the first games he's ever played at the traditional Class A level. He played in short season back in 2019, but then the pandemic happened. Then 2021 happened, and what happened with Kreidler, he leapfrogged both Class A levels. So he didn't play in Lakeland. He didn't play in West Michigan. He went right to Erie, and he had the best year of his career. Last but not least, Josh Crouch talked all about him at the top of the show. A former 11th rounder in last year's draft. He's hit safely in 14 out of 16 games in the month of July. Finished the weekend 3-for-8 with a double, a home run, and three runs batted in. Let's go to Erie, where the Seawolves ended up taking one of three on the road against Akron. Some concern this weekend for Dylan Dingler, just 0 for 4 with a walk, but the concern coming in, he was hit in the head with a pitch, but all signs are that he's okay. He actually returned to the lineup for his team's game on Sunday. Austin Bergner, who we had on this show not too long ago, he had a short outing on Sunday, but he did strike out five batters through four innings, gave up just two runs, and Wenzel Perez... He's the proud owner of an eight-game hitting streak. Finished the weekend 5-for-11 with solo home runs coming in back-to-back games. One of those solo home runs came with Erie down to its final strike and tied the ball game. In the month of July, Perez is hitting as well as he ever has in the Tigers minor league system. A 322 hitter with a 406 on base, three homers and 14 runs batted in. To Toledo, the Mudhens took one out of three at home against the Columbus Clippers. Gary Carpenter, he continues to rake. The numbers in AAA have been almost every bit as good as they were in AA. Four for 12, a double, a home run, two runs batted in. And in the month of July, he's hitting 315 with a 407 on base. It is very easy to root for someone like Gary Carpenter. We had him, if you haven't heard the conversation we had, stop listening to this right now and go back and listen to episode two and our conversation with Gary Carpenter. He was literally working at Dick's Sporting Goods two years ago, and now he's crushing it in AAA. Meanwhile, a couple of players that we've seen in Detroit, also in Toledo, Matt Manning. He came back to the mound for the Mudhens on Friday, gave up three runs in the first inning, settled into a point after that. He did give up four runs in four innings. And Spencer Torkelson is back in Toledo. He had a base hit, a walk, and an RBI back on Sunday. That's a look at the on-ramp. Our conversation with Ryan Kreidler, the Detroit Tigers' number 6 prospect, courtesy of MLB Pipeline, starts right now. The Road to Detroit podcast continues. Ryan Kreidler has worked his way back. He's now on a rehab assignment, taking some time with West Michigan, and he joins us here for a quick checkup here on the RTD, presented by Carhartt. Ryan, good to see you, and good to see you back on the field, most importantly. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's been fun to be back, so just excited to play baseball. What's it been like for you this year? Obviously, a lot of people learned your name last year, and now becomes the second act, so how you follow that up. So take me through what this season has been like from your perspective. Yeah, it's been, you know, uh, a new thing for me getting hurt. You know, I think last year 
was fortunate to be on the field for 129 of 130. Um, so, you know, was, this is a big change, learning how to be a rehabber for a little while. But, you know, this is part of it. If you want to have a career in this game, you're going to go through some bumps and bruises. So um, it's been a learning experience for me and been, you know, a test of patience. Uh, I'm learning how to kind of adjust to, you know, different things that life throws your way. So I'd say overall, it's, it's been a great life experience. It feels like along the way, as you go through this physical development, you have to go through a lot of mental development as well. What has this year done for you in terms of helping you mentally get tougher or prepare more for what's inevitably going to be that chance in Detroit? Yeah, it's been, um, you know, I just, I've been trying to learn about myself more. Um, you have a lot of time to reflect when you're in rehab, uh, you know, on the training table, but also just in the hotel room or, or whatever you're doing down in Lakeland. Um, so for me, it's just been, it's been a new kind of cool way to, to learn more about myself as a person, as a player, learn about my body a little bit more, uh, meet new people within the organization and develop relationships that way. So um, I think overall it's been, it's been a huge win for me, although, you know, obviously I'd rather be on the field. Um, you know, you got to take, you got to take the, the blows with how they come, I guess. So, you know, it's been a, it's been a unique experience. Take me back to mid-June as you were playing in AAA and the groin injury that comes in. Tell us how it happened and now where you are as you sit here today. I was just making a throw. Um, I battled through the hand uh, injury, gotten over the hump there. And that week when I hurt my groin was actually my first week of playing every day in Toledo. So I finally made it through the rehab, uh, made it through some speed bumps, and then, yeah, and then you go down with the groin. But it's just an unfortunate, you know, kind of bad luck moment. I felt prepared. I don't regret anything that I did. It's just one of those things that you, you can't really control. And so just gave me the opportunity to attack rehab and, and to try and develop, you know, while I was away from the team. And um, even here being in West Mish, it's been an awesome experience getting to develop and talk to these guys and bounce ideas off these guys. So uh, it's been really fun. I think it's important to mention that the production has been there. Obviously, you have not because of the hand injury and the groin injury, but through your first 29 games this season, six homers, 16 RBIs, the run production has been there, but you obviously are trying to just continue to be consistent in terms of being able to play, and obviously some of these things are out of your control. So now you have yourself back. How do you feel now? I feel great. I feel great. You know, it's been a long, a long haul. Um, you know, a lot of ups and downs personally, uh, you know, with the groin physically and, and mentally, it's pretty draining when you're going through this. But um, I feel for the guys who are on longer rehabs than I than I was this year and the guys with the arm injuries and everybody down in Lakeland right now. Um, that's a tough that's a tough group of guys and, and they're really killing it down there. So I give credit to Corey and, and Duncan, the guys who got me right down there. And uh, but yeah, it's it, you know, overall, it's just been, like I said, just such a unique thing for me. Um, hopefully I don't have to go through this too, too many more times in my career, but, you know, I want to play for a long time. And so it's been, uh, yeah, you know, like you said, it's just been, it's been a new one. We're talking with Ryan Kreidler. So if you've ever had a groin injury, some people will tell you that groin injuries can be tricky. What have you learned about groin injuries since you got yours? Yeah, it's tricky. You know, that's what everybody told me as well. Uh, not to rush back and to, you know, take your time and make sure you're strengthening it the correct way. Inevitably, you run into speed bumps. Um, any rehab factors in a speed bump or two, like if they give a timetable, there's always a few days buffer or a week buffer to give room for something that is just unpredictable. Um, and I had one. So, uh, you know, so it goes with any rehab. But, yeah, groin, groin is tricky. I've never really had soft tissue injuries before. So learning how to... Most importantly, take care of nutrition when you're living out of a hotel room. That's a really tricky aspect of it. And, you know, so I've, I give credit to the guys down in Lakeland, the strength coaches, Ryan and Francisco, for helping me on the nutrition side as well. Your first game as part of your West Michigan rehab assignment. I'm really glad we got a chance to watch you play that first game because anybody with a real groin injury isn't going to try to steal a couple of bases the first time he gets on. So you end up stealing second and stealing third after getting a walk in the first inning. That, that, that's a pretty considerable test of the groin. How did it check out for you? Maybe it wasn't you know, the smartest idea to do that. Uh, I got a text from my parents, maybe telling me to back off a little bit, but they told me not to be trying to try and be Superman out there. Um, and I think I did a decent job of that, albeit the first inning was a little bit tricky. 
but yeah, all things considered, it, it felt great. You know, I'm excited to hopefully get through this rehab in one piece and, and get back with the Mud Hens. You know, we had you on this podcast towards the end of last season. It was right when you got promoted to Toledo along with some of your teammates, including Spencer Torkelson. And one of the things that you told us, it's one of your favorite things about baseball, is that you can come to the ballpark every day and try something new. What new things? I know you haven't had a whole lot of time, but what new things have you tried this year? Yeah, you know, this year, post-rehab, um, I give credit to Jamie Westbrook, uh, who kind of turned me on to meditation. Like I said, I've been on, you know, a kind of a personal growth, mental health journey through these, you know, nine weeks, 10 weeks being in rehab. And I get, yeah, Jamie and I, we've been going out to the field when I was in Toledo a little bit early. And he kind of led a, a group meditation that just happened to be me and him uh, on the field. And so that's, I've kind of implemented that in my routine a little bit more, being more aware and developing some new techniques that I think can help me more so off the field uh, than anything. And, and I think I'm going to take it with me through my life. So it's been a, a really exciting experience for me. Summarize these meditations, if you can, for us. Just getting out on the field barefoot, walking around, getting on the ground, getting on the grass, enjoying the sunshine. You know, it's, it becomes monotonous when you just come to the field every day and, and um, you go straight to the clubhouse and you go out for BP and you stretch and you throw and it's like, you gotta break it up. You know, you, you have to have moments of clarity and um, things to free your mind a little bit. And, you know, I think I've found that I've, I've, you know, everybody has their thing. Some guys like to play video games, some guys, some guys like to go explore the cities that they're in. Um, I know in, in AAA it's a little bit easier to do that in, in those bigger cities, but um, and of course in the big leagues as well. But yeah, I think just finding something that works for me and something that I get excited about and, and something that centers me a little bit is, is awesome. So it's been fun. You're a big proactive over reactive guy. You told us as much the last time we spoke with you. What do you want to be proactive about the rest of the way this season? I mean, honestly, for me, it's, I think it's just going to be more of the same, I think. I was pretty confident in my routine. I think last year when we talked, um, I was very confident in my routine, and I really haven't changed much uh, as far as what I do pregame or postgame. Um, you know, luckily I have some good roots, good family, girlfriend that, that keep me anchored. And so, you know, I'm able to just kind of do the same thing every day. So I would just say, you know, continuing to, to be consistent with my preparation. I, I trust my prep. I have good off seasons, you know, I try and eat right and, and drink a lot of water and everything like that. So, yeah, like I said, just just uh, continuing to, to to trust that process and and to make sure the process is correct more than anything. Last time we talked with you, you had had about 130 hats in your hat collection. We need an update to figure out if there's any new ones that have joined the party since that time. Well, at least three. I got three when I came to the Whitecaps. I don't know if I got any in Toledo. Um, yeah, there's a couple more. A couple of my buddies have started their own clothing brands, so I get thrown some hats here and there. But yeah, no, it's, it, I wouldn't even call it much of a collection. It's just kind of an accumulation of hats. <laughs> None of them are overly exciting, but a lot of them are sweaty. So yeah, no, I'd say it's pretty close to the same number. It's like half collector, half hoarder, basically. Yeah, mostly just sweaty hats that don't have a home. So. <laughs> well, I guess they're better off with you. Ryan, can't thank you enough for doing this. Continued success and most importantly, continued health the rest of the season. And thanks so much for joining us here on the Road to Detroit podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. Thanks yeah. for having me. That is Ryan Kreidler right here on the Road to Detroit. Our thanks to Ryan Kreidler. It is now time for best in class. Of all the players in the Tigers minor league system this week, this one made the most noise. Now the set. Here's the 2-2 pitch. Restituyo swings and misses for strike three. Seven punch outs for Herder. That ties his white caps high. Speaking of someone who needs to move up a few spots in the rankings, Brant Herder, the Tigers number 29 prospect is putting up numbers as good as any other Tigers pitcher in the minor league system. He's played at two Class A levels, and so far the 23-year-old is 7-3, and three, a 271 ERA. And the number that really jumps off the page are the strikeouts. 97 strikeouts in 76 and a third innings, and he's doing all this with exceptional command. Usually big guys with sliders. We'll see guys kind of walk a few more than they should, be a little effectively wild. Not the case for Herter. In 76 and a third innings this year, a total of 12 walks. 
So the command has been outstanding. He's allowed far less than a base hit per inning, just 58 hits. His opponents are hitting 208 against him this year. Overall, Brant Herter's been one of the better stories of the Tigers minor league system this year. I'll just say it. Not often do you find big dudes with command, and Brant Herter is a big dude with command. He's got a fastball that can play a little bit faster than it really is. We can see him at 94, 95, and his slider is a pitch he can throw where he wants to throw it. You have a combination like that, especially throwing from the left side. I would not be surprised at all to be talking about Brant Herder a year from now the same way we're talking about a guy like Bo Brisky this year. Could be a very fast mover through the Tiger system. Congratulations to Brant Herder. I believe that is the first best in class for Brant Herder in Road to Detroit podcast history. Who's getting the Rosa Award this week, Nate Wangler? It's always a good problem to have when you have so many players that have played well throughout the course of a week to where you're not quite sure who you're going to put in this spot. Isaac Pacheco has been lighting it up. Josh Crouch, as we were talking about earlier. Kerry Carpenter hit home run number 26 because why not? But I think this week we're going to go with Wenzel Perez, and there are several different reasons why. We've talked before about exactly who Wenzel is as a player. He's toolsy. That's what a lot of scouts say. He can do everything pretty well. But this year, the power numbers have really come around for Wenzel Perez. 13 home runs so far this year, and the best part yet, he has a better on-base percentage this season than what he's had over his last three years in the Tigers system. 372 on base, so he's striking out less. And again, as we talked about, that eight-game hitting streak for Perez back up the middle. So the power numbers are starting to come around, and he's doing it all at the double-A level as well. I feel like he's a perfect fit. And not only that, but he's been able to work his way back in to the top 30 prospects for the Detroit Tigers as well. So Wenzel Perez taking home this week's Dylan Rosa award. Nate, what's something we always say on this show? Player development is not linear. It doesn't go in a straight line. Sometimes guys peak, then they come down for a while, then they come back up. And although it looks kind of funky in a line graph, Wenzel Perez is now playing the way I think a lot of people expected him to be playing, especially offensively all those years ago when he was lighting it up at places like the Gulf Coast League and then coming to West Michigan when he hit like 310 towards the end of the season. He had a really good finish to that year, but then he dipped down and pitchers started to adjust to him and it took him a while to figure that out. But now he's actually hit for a higher batting average in double-A Erie than get this anywhere else he's played in minor league baseball. He has played his best baseball conceivably at the hardest level of minor league baseball. People say that the best prospects sit in double A. So the fact that Wenzel Perez is having this kind of offensive success in double A is something we need to pay attention to. Congratulations, Wenzel Perez. He's back on the map and he's the Rosa Award winner this week. Coming up next, our conversation with West Michigan Whitecaps manager and the Cuban Ted Lasso himself. Brian Pena joins us here on the road to Detroit. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the Road to Detroit podcast presented by Carhartt. The manager of the West Michigan Whitecaps is Brian Pena. His team is off to an outstanding start in the second half. Are we allowed to say that in a locker room? Brian Pena joins us right now. Congratulations on what's been a phenomenal start for you guys so far, having gone 17-6 and six so far through the first 23 games of half number two. That's got to make you feel pretty good. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I have to give a lot of credit to our coaches. Uh, our coaches, they're doing a tremendous job. And uh, and obviously, you know, our players, you know, this is a, a very nice uh, a group. Uh, I mean, these guys, they love each other. They protect each other. They play for each other and they have each other's back. And uh, that is a that, that is a great you know recipe, uh, you know, for us to be successful. And uh, we just have to continue to go in and continue to have fun. It's very hard to turn things around when you get off to a slow start. The Whitecaps went 8-17 and 17 to start this year. They were nine games under 500. Now you're seven games over 500. How did it happen? Like I said before, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but a lot of credit to our coaches. You know, uh, they came in and, and, and we make adjustments and we work with our guys. You know, obviously, you know, Dean Styles with the pitching and, uh, you know, CJ uh, Wesley, you know, with the hitting guys and, and Nick. Nick is uh, is the MVP. Nick Bradison, the Nick developmental Bredesen. coach. Yeah, you know, he's the MVP for all of us because, uh, you know, his, uh, you know, his expertise and, and uh, you know, all the information that he can give us. But also, it's, uh, you know, it's all about the players. You know, it's all about the players, obviously. Uh, uh, you know, we have an opportunity, you know, to have something special here. And, uh, you know, those guys, man, like I said before, you know, they understand that this is a process. You know, they understand what they need to do, you know, to get better every day. And uh, we, we just go out there and compete. And, uh, you know, that is exactly what the Tigers, you know, as organization, you know, that they, they want our guys to, to, to understand that, that uh, you know, nothing is going to be easy. You know, we just have to go out there and grind it. We just have to go out, get, you know, out there, I'm sorry, and, and, uh, and work hard for it. And, uh, you know, uh, our goal goal is, is for them to continue to move up, obviously. You know, our goal is for them to represent us in Detroit, you know, as soon as possible. But with that being said, you know, we just have to continue to do what we do here and, uh, you know, and, and have fun. Baseball players, when things are going well, get a little superstitious. Sometimes if you're winning a bunch of games, you're going to eat the same thing before you go out there. You're going to dress the same way. How's that for you? Do coaches do that too when things are going well? Are you doing the same thing every single day? I haven't shaved in like two months. <laughs> so if you can see, I haven't shaved, you know, in like two months. So I, I uh, you know, I, I, uh, I'm glad that we allowed to have beer, you know, in our organization, you know. But I mean, it, it, it's all about having fun, man. I, uh, you know, I, I rely a lot on, you know, our coaches, you know, I, after the game, you know, we go and, and uh, you know, and we talk a lot about the game. We talk about, you know, a lot about, uh, you know, how can we continue to make our guys better? And, uh, you know, that is exactly what we do. You know, we are family, you know, we protect each other. That's the most important thing. And, uh, you know, with that being said, you know, we, we having, uh, you know, we having a lot of fun and, uh, you know, we just have to continue, you know, to do so regardless what happened, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about our players, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about them you know, to continue to move up and put themselves in a good position to do so. Ryan Kreidler, who's a Detroit Tigers top 10 prospect, has been spending some time on a minor league rehab assignment towards the end of July with West Michigan. We talked to him, and one of the things that he said he started doing this year was more meditation. And he said up in Toledo, he was doing things like going barefoot onto the field and just looking up at the sun because he wanted to do something different. He didn't want to get in the same routine of doing the same thing every single day, something to change it up a little bit. So I know what rituals you have. I can see it on your face. But what things are you doing differently to keep things fresh? Because these seasons can be long. Well, when we win uh, after the game, I eat ice cream. And when we lose after the game, I eat ice cream too. So I always look for an excuse to eat ice cream. So that's, that, that is mine. I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, look at this body, dude. <laughs> I mean, just reality, you know. No, man, I'm I, going to be honest with you. I think my routine is, uh, is talking to uh, uh, our coaches. You know, I think that is my routine. I love, you know, talking to Dean Styles. You know, I mean, uh, obviously he's uh, he's been around the game, you know, a lot of longer than we have, and obviously all of us. That's why we we nickname him the, the Godfather, you know, uh, because uh, you know we have a chance, you know, to to learn a lot from him. We got a chance, you know, to understand, you know, different things that I will have to continue to get better. That I have to continue, to, you know, to go out there and and uh, you know and and educate myself, you know. And uh, I'm 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 we are very blessed, and and 
I'm very proud, you know, to be working with him. And uh, you know, he's he probably is, is uh, you know, he's one of those guys that goes like, cannot wait for the season to be over because I'm I'm all over him in a good way. You know what I mean? But that 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 is my routine. You know, I talk to about to our coaches. You know, I I obviously I pay I pay a lot of attention. You know, to their feedback and and you know and, and what can we do and and what we shouldn't do. And uh, you know, and and at the end of the day, you know, we're family, man, and and uh, we're in this together, and and we gotta continue to do that. Your team has won a lot of close games in the second half. Some one-run victories, some two-run victories, some low-scoring games, and you've had offense when you've needed it. But one of the things that's interesting about these close games is you've been doing a lot of mixing and matching out of your bullpen. And I know that you collaborate with Dean Stiles, the pitching coach, on things like that, but. We see that more now because these games are so close and because your team is winning a lot of these games. How much fun is it for you to be able to watch these games play out in real time and to know that you can make those moves and you can take advantage of those matchups? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I have to give a lot of credit to, uh, to uh, Gay Rivas and Stroop. Because I mean, uh, they uh, they are helping us, you know. Uh, also, you know, with the planning, and uh, you know, we we definitely, you know, uh, we have, uh, you know, uh, we have green light. You know what I mean to use guys in different situations and stuff like that, and that is definitely you know it comes from them. You know because they they are in charge of the pitching. You know at this level, obviously, and uh, you know it, it's one of those things that we we communicate well and that we are in the same page. You know, and with that being said, you know it doesn't matter you know what we do. All the credit goes to to the pitchers. Our pitchers they are the ones that are, that are carrying us. You know to be honest with you, they are they are they are doing a tremendous job. You know and you, and you saw that. I mean uh, you know. Two nights ago, you know, we didn't have a good game, you know, and then they came back and uh, they, you know, we had a tremendous thing, you know, day and, uh, you know, it says a lot about, you know, how much they respect, you know, Dean Styles' opinion and teaching and coaching, you know, because we made an adjustment and and we went out there and, uh, you know, and 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 we executed, you know. But with that being said, man, like I said before, you know, it's uh, it's it's all about all of us playing together. It's it's all about all of us understanding our role. You know which one is very important, and uh, you know it's 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 uh, you know it, it takes time. You know it takes time for all of us to understand what we need to do to get better. But you know once we understood that, you know I think everybody knows exactly what would, what they need to do to be successful. We're talking with Brian Pena, the manager of the West Michigan Whitecaps, whose team's off to a 17 and six start here in half number two. So we mentioned pitching. And something that you didn't have to deal with last year, something that nobody in the minor leagues really had to deal with last year, is the pitch clock. You now have this whole different dynamic. Now everybody's got to get rid of the ball in 18, 19, 14, doesn't matter, 20 seconds. How has that changed the game for you? Well, at the beginning, it sped up on all of us, you know, but now we're using that in our favor. You know, uh, that is something that uh, the Dean, uh, you know, has been talking to our pitchers, you know, use that clock in your favor. And I love when he said that because I'm right next to him pretty much all the time. And, uh, you know, we, we are we are taking advantage of that. You you can see the the, the hitters, they start getting a little desperate. The hitters, they start, you know, calling timeouts. So they put themselves in a tough position, you know. And, and we're using that in our advantage. But earlier, you know, obviously, you know, it, it was a new thing for all of us. So, so we're trying to adjust and, and we made that adjustment, you know, and now he's our best friend. Now, don't take that away from us, you know, and, and, and even though, you know, here and there, you know, we're probably going to have, you know, a, a, a clock violation or something. But at the same time, you know, it's just one of the things that is here to stay. And, uh, you know, we have to continue to improve and we have to continue, you know, in a good way to beat the system. You have some top 30 Tigers prospects, but you also have some players who are not ranked in that top 30 that maybe need to be considered for that because, if you're going to turn a team around from being 10 games under 500 to go 10 games over 500, one of the first questions becomes, okay, who showed up about 30 games into the season? So you go back and you look, and one of the guys that comes to mind is Josh Crouch, one of your catchers. And I know as a former catcher, you have a special place for those guys. He's not somebody that's currently ranked by many as a top Tigers prospect, but He's done a lot of good things for you guys. Maybe he needs to be considered for that. No question. Uh, you know, I'm I going to be honest with you. Uh, we have to give a lot of credit to Nick. 
because Nick has been working with them every day, every single day. Nick Bradison, the developmental coach. Yeah, and uh, I can't even pronounce his last name. So, but I mean, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know how much I love Nicholas. That's why mm-hmm. I call him. But I mean, but 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 I tell you what, man, he's 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 a special. You know, he's a special talent. Uh, he's very coachable, which will allow us, you know, to go out there and and uh, and guide him. You know, and to go out there to to make sure that he understands what he needs to do. And also Dean Stylus, because uh, you know Dean, our pitching coach. You know, he 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 him him and and Nick and and Crouchy, they sit down and and the other catches too. But you know, they sit down and and uh, they kind of like you know talk him. You know how to do things the right way, especially you know uh, understanding you know game planning and. Uh, and understanding, you know, getting information from from Caesar, you know, getting information from, uh, you know, from different uh, places where you can get, you know, analytics information, you know, to be ready uh, for 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 the game. And uh, you know, uh, you know, he earned that respect. You know, he earned that. He earned those stripes because uh, he worked very hard for that. And uh, he's he's improving every single day. And that is exactly what we want. You know, we want we want our guys to understand that, uh, you know, this is a beautiful place. It was Michigan, the place that I love, and the place. So all of us, you know, feel very comfortable. But at the same time, you know, your goal should be, you know, Detroit, you know, and uh, you got to do whatever you got to do, you know, to make that adjustment. And uh, he's doing that and not just, uh, you know, defensively. But now, you know, if we talk about him offensively, you know, him and CJ Wesley, you know, once again, they sit down and, and they did and they did exactly what they need to do, you know what I mean, to put them in a good position, you know, to drive the ball now, you know, to put them in a good position, you know, to hit the ball a little bit harder and, and, uh, and uh, you know, and understanding what they're trying to do against them. So we're very pleased, we're very happy, you know, as organization with the job that he's been doing and uh, hopefully he can continue to do that for us. I saw somebody time him with the stopwatch and timed his pop time, as you know that number very well as a catcher, at 1.89 seconds. Where does that rank on the Brian Pena scale, 1.89 seconds? I'll tell you what, even though that sounds very impressive, but, you know, we have not lower than that, too, mm-hmm. you know. So we know exactly what, you know, what he can do. We know exactly, you know, the, the way that he can throw the ball and, and uh, his footwork, you know, and stuff like that. But that is what fascinates me about him in a good way because uh, he continued, you know, to, to push himself. You know, he continued to get better. He continued to get some information, you know, how, to, you know, what I need to do to get better than that, you know. And, and I'm like, okay, dude, you know, this is special, you know, what you're doing. But, you know, with that being said, uh, you know, that is a great thing, you know, for us to see because it doesn't settle. You know, he doesn't get, uh, you know, he doesn't get, you know, to a point where he feels like he made it. You know, he continued to to drive himself, to, you know, to greatness. And, uh, and, and it's very good, you know, to see that. How great of a last name for a catcher is Crouch. Especially when he hit the ball the way he does. <laughs> so it's a great last name. All right, talk to me about the pitching side. Because somebody who really has come on strong for you, we've kind of seen Ty Madden over the course of this season really lock in. But Brant Herter is somebody who's just starting to be mentioned among those lists of Tigers prospects. And he went to Lakeland to start this year, pitched very well. You can make the argument he's been even better since he became a White Cat. I'll tell you what, uh, very impressed by his demeanor. You know, he's very poised. He, you know, he understands exactly what they're trying to do against him. And, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that uh, he, he never backed down for any challenge, you know. So I really appreciate what he does for us. But especially, you know, he's a great teammate. You know, he's a guy that is very coachable also. But with that being said, you know, he kind of like smell, you know, what, what they're trying to do and the, when the hitter's trying to ambush him. And he uses secondary pitch very well. You know, those secondary pitch, like, you know, his, uh, his slider and changeup complement his fastball, you know. So his fastball can go up to 94, you know, but at the same time, you know, when he mixes it up like, the way he does, you know he's uh, he's very good at that and uh, you know uh, obviously, you know, being a, being a left-hander pitcher, you know, you you have an advantage, you know, in this game already. And, uh, you know, he's taking advantage of that. You know, he's doing everything in his power to continue to do so. And we're very happy and we're very pleased, you know, to have him. And hopefully he can continue to, you know, to grow and, uh, and, and represent us in Detroit, you know, sooner than later. So if any of Brian Pena's bosses are listening to this conversation, I don't want to blow anybody's cover here, but... Maybe once or twice this season, Brian may have thrown on some catcher's gear and caught a couple of bullpens now and there. So I have to guess that it gives you a much better sense of what these guys have. What changes when you can throw the gear on, get behind the plate? And by the way, how are you still doing that? (laughs) 
Well, I mean, uh, I, I just like to help, you know, yeah. but at the same time, you know, it's part of my, uh, my workout, you know. Mm -hmm. But the good thing about it is like, you know, I stay out of their way. You know, I just, uh, they know that that's why, you know, when, when I'm there, they continue to do what they do and they don't panic and nothing like that. Because we talk from the, from the first day during the, during uh, the season, you know, that I, I just here to help, you know, our catchers, because obviously sometimes, you know, our catchers, they gotta go hit and stuff like that. And, and I, I can still, you know, uh, do what I do. And uh, obviously I'm not better, to, you know, than our guys, you know, our guys, they're, they're outstanding, you know, but I help out. You know, and that they know there is only one voice that they can listen to, and that that is uh, Dean Styles. You know, mm -hmm. so that is a good thing. You know about that because they just go out there and they see me like a like a, a, a bullpen catcher. You know, but you know, with that being said, obviously, you know, uh, I you know that there is a purpose also behind it. Mm -hmm. You know, because I want to see how the baseball you know run. You know, I want to see you know the difference between their fastball and, and and sliders. And then Dean and I, you know, we come to my office and then we talk a little bit about something that I saw. You know, and stuff like that. And, and, and we, you know, and we make some adjustments because obviously, you know, as a catcher, you know, you can see things different, you know, and, and you have an opportunity to do so. So I take advantage of that. And, and uh, you know, even though I help, but also I get, I get information, you know, from, uh, from what is exactly what our guys are doing and, and what is exactly how, you know, the, the hitters can see, you know, different pitches. And, and when we slow and we, uh, you know, we, we change our arm angles in different uh, pitches between, you know, like fastballers and all speed and stuff like that. Or if you or if you go out there and you're rushing a little bit and like I said before I don't say anything you know during the bullpen session but you know after that Dean and I will talk and and uh, you know and, and we we give each other some feedback and just to be clear Brian Pena had a career of catching that spanned 15 years in professional baseball but your knees are good your back is good yeah I mean everything is good I mean I I, I, uh, I told the guys hey listen I'm not moving you know so you better hit that target you know what I mean? So I'm not moving at all. So I put a little pressure on them too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's, 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 it's fun. It's fun because, you know, you can see, you can read, you can understand what they're going through. You know, and obviously, you know, we have a little experience behind home play. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, it's, it's, it's good, you know, for, for us, you know, at times, you know, to understand, you know, what they're trying to do, what they're trying to accomplish. That way, when we relay, you know, the message in, the, you know, in our uh, um, meetings, you know, with the catchers, they understand, and all of us we talk about it, and and uh, and and th that is the best way for us to continue, you know, to help our pitching stuff. One of the things we've noticed with whether it's West Michigan or Erie or Toledo, it's been a lot of roster fluctuation this year. There's been a lot of changes, so you constantly have new faces, new arms, new bats. How do you manage all of that? Because you know, the draft just happened a couple of days ago, and you might have some new players coming from the draft. So you might have some faces you have never seen before. How do you keep everything consistent when you've got new guys coming in and out every day? Well, we're just being honest. You know, uh, I think honesty and uh, and communication that they, they come together. You know, um, we, we 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 talk to our players. You know, we get some feedback for our player because that's very important. You know, but at the same time, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that uh, you know we just have to continue. Uh, you know, to go out there and and uh, whoever we got in the in the roster, you know, they have to understand that we have a team chemistry. They have to understand that uh, you know right here, you know, we play for each other. We have each other's back, and 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 that is the goal. And uh, and the guys love it man because we're not disrespectful you know we don't yell or scream or anything like that but we hold guys accountable like we hold ourselves accountable you know because obviously brian peña has a lot to learn you know i'm not i'm not one of those guys that i that i feel like you know just because i played the game you know a few years back you know i know everything as a matter of fact i'm hungry i'm i'm i'm, uh, I'm eager you know to continue to learn and that's why you know i talk to garco a lot i talk you know to you know like i mentioned before you know to gay rivers you know and and, uh, and obviously kenny you know, with uh, with the hitting, uh, because every single feedback and every single uh, you know information that they can give me, you know, personally to get better, you know, I think I will make our guys better. You know, and uh, you know everybody has to have to do the, the you know their thing and and understanding you know what we're trying to do, what we're trying to accomplish, and uh, and and that is continue to play the game that we know, that they play the you know the game that we love and play the right way. You know, representing the Detroit Tigers on and off the field, and uh, and that is exactly you know what we love, and that is why we're doing it. West Michigan has won 18 of their last 24 games. They're 17-6 and six in the second half. These are 66-game halves, and the way it works is 
you can't come in second place. You've got to take first place in the division in order to make the playoffs. Only one team in both halves makes it, and Great Lakes, a team that West Michigan is currently playing over the course of the weekend, is the team that made it. So if West Michigan is able to hold, who knows? We could be looking at a possible playoff preview. But aside of that, what else do you want to accomplish, and how important is getting a playoff spot to you? Well, I mean, uh, it obviously it's very important because, uh, you know, obviously you play the game to win. You know, you play the game to win, but at the same time, uh, our job, uh, you know, is put our guys in a good position to be successful. And our job is continue, you know, to help those guys to, to move forward, you know. And, uh, you know, even though, you know, we are in a good position, even though we love what we're doing, even though we're playing, like I said before, you know, we're playing for each other. But our goal is, is continue to move those guys and develop those guys. You know, our goal is, uh, you know, is for them to uh, to represent us in Detroit, you know. So, uh, you know, whatever we need to do to continue to do that, we will do that. You know, but at the same time, man, we're just having fun, man. We're just having fun. We just enjoy each other. And uh, and, and, and we're playing good, good baseball now because it's like, uh, you know, like Bill, Bill Belichick say, you know, everybody's doing their job. You're a big Bill Belichick guy, aren't you? Huge, huge. <laughs> how, did, how did that happen? The Patriots for you? Uh, it's, it's all about Tom Brady, you know. Uh, that's why, uh, you know, obviously, uh, yeah, I'm a Michigan guy. You know what I mean? I, I bleed blue. You know, uh, if 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 I born again, I definitely would love to. I will ask God, you know, to give me a position, you know, to to go and and be and be in Michigan. You know what I mean for college, you know, because I love blue and I uh, I bleed blue. Uh, you know, but it, it, it's all about Tom Brady because. Uh, you know, I, I'm huge fans of, of uh, you know, of guys that they do things the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, I obviously, I, I'm not perfect, you know, and, and, and I, I have to continue, you know, to get better, obviously. But, you know, but with that being said, uh, you know, he, he, he's, uh, I, I, love the, I love the fact that he's so humble. I love the fact that he continue, you know, to push himself to a next level, which one, I don't know, how, you know, how, how high can you go? You know what I mean? Uh, but, you know, with that being said, it's one of those buildings in Dubai you know that they continue to go one more and one more you go like well how tall are these guys are going to do you know what i mean because they push each other they they compete against each other you know and and that's exactly what Brady does and and uh, that's why i'm a huge fan you know also you know what i mean of of uh you know of of bill because uh you know he uh he he never settled and and uh, he hold guys accountable and and uh you know he's a, he's a great uh, you know model for me and and i read everything that he said and and uh you know this is something that i that i really understand and 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 this is not uh you know i'm, I'm going to be honest with you this is not uh me trying to to, to do anything else that I'm not trying that I'm not trying to be you know mm-hmm. this is something that I that I do because I want to continue to learn so something that I do and my wife helped me with this too it's like every time they, that uh, you know the Tigers play you know I I listen to uh, AJ's hinge you know uh, a press conference you know and uh, and sometimes you know when I cannot because I'm playing or something my wife she recorded for me and then she sent it to me so I have a lot of those you know what I made in my iPad but that is the only way I can get better you know just learning from guys like that learning from guys that have been successful you know learning from guys that are that are, they know you know what it takes to be successful and and like I say I'm not trying to you know me and everybody knows me you know I'm not trying to do anything else because obviously you know uh, he's our manager but that that's how I'm gonna learn. You know what I mean. That's how I'm gonna learn. And also, I you know I read a lot about you know Dusty Baker, you know, and stuff like that. You know Tony Larusa and how those guys they handle themselves and and the mess themselves. You know Jim Leyland. You know every time that I got a chance to talk to him, every time that I got a chance, you know, to be right next to a skipper. You know, which one hopefully, you know, I'm calling him out right now. I don't know, you know, what is waiting to stop, you know, in West Michigan, you know, to visit us. But that's another topic for another day, you know, because we miss him down there, especially me. But you know I. I, I have, uh, you know, I have a lot of appreciation, you know, for what those guys are doing, man, and and I do have uh, a lot of appreciation, you know, for their their commitment and and their passion, you know, throughout throughout the years, and and that's how I learn, and that's how you you know you get better, and and paying attention to the little details and why they do things and why they don't, they're not, and 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 uh, you know, it's, it's it's what I love about the game, you know, just learning from everybody, appreciate appreciating what everybody's bringing to the game, and uh, and and obviously like you and I, you. You know, we have good conversation. We talk a lot about the game. We talk about life, and and uh, there is always value information from people. You know, and you just have to learn how to listen and pay attention to the message. I think we have to send up the bat signal to get Jim Leland out to West Michigan. <laughs> so, so, and so, have you ever been to the big house? 
No, I haven't. That is the thing, you know. That's why, you know, I, I, I my heart is, is not, you know, it's not full, you know, happy because I haven't been there. But uh, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully one day I'm gonna have a chance to be there and and uh, be part of the madness in a good way. So speaking of madness in a good way, I'm looking on your desk right now and I see a picture of you sitting in a dugout next to Miguel Cabrera. I know that's somebody that has been very important to you and in your life. And I can't leave this conversation without asking you what it meant to see him go to the All-Star Game this year. I mean, it was amazing. I think, uh, you know, just the fact that Miggy continued to do what he's doing, you know, is, is, is impressive. You know, and, and the picture that I got here is just him, uh, you know, we were in Chicago and, uh, you know, he was trying to feed me, you know, uh, food, you know, and it's kind of like me, please, I own the diet, I cannot eat that. So, so it was like, you know, come on, one for me, come on, one for our friendship. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that, uh, that I really appreciate from him, you know, especially that we are such a good friend and, uh, you know, and, and the smile that he got is like, hey, no matter what happened, you know, you're always going to have fun. No matter what happened, you know, you always got to continue to do what you do. And that is being a happy guy. And that's why I love it, because, I mean, winning or losing when I come in, you know, from, um, you know, and I use this. This is a clipboard. So mm -hmm. I use it when I go out, you know, to put all my information and write my stuff down there. And as you can see, you know, uh, when I, you know, things are not going our way or something, you know, I look at this and remind me, have fun. You know what I mean? Remind me that the it's just it's just a game. You know what I'm saying? Have fun and continue, you know, to have fun because it's just a game. And that is why I have it in there, you know, because it's just a friendly reminder of myself like, hey, come on, man. Have fun because it's such a beautiful game, you know, for you to mess it up, regardless what is happening out there. So that's why it's right next to me, you know what I mean? Every time that I, that I, that I go to the field and, and that's my clipboard. And obviously here I got the, the, American, the other one. And the clipboard, uh, this one means a lot to me too. It's like have the American flag and the Cuban flag together because this is a dream that I have. You know, this is a dream that a lot of Cuban, uh, you know, Cubans want is that, uh, you know, freedom is that I compare, you know, to what we have here, you know, is something that we need in my country, you know, and, uh, and, and I appreciate this country so much, you know, because this country is giving me everything, you know, to me and my family. And, uh, you know, this is something that I, that I really love. This is one of my favorite too. And I also bring it out there too because, uh, you know, enjoy Enjoy freedom, enjoy what, you, what, what you're doing right now because the people in your country, they're suffering right now. So you are in a good position, you know, if regardless what happened out there, winning or losing, you know, you are in a good position to continue to do what you do thanks to this great country. So that's, that's what the, those two clipboards they mean to me. You can tell that Brian Pena is always grateful more than anything else. And just out of curiosity, is Miggy trying to feed you a French fry right there? And do you remember if you ate it? I ate it. I ate it. You know, I really did because it wouldn't stop. Miggy's Miggy. You know, he wouldn't stop. And, uh, you know, yeah, I ate it. And it tastes, it tastes uh, you know, it tastes good, but it was cold. But it's okay. I mean, mission accomplished by him. And, uh, you know, uh, but, I mean, it's... it's uh, Mig is a special man. Mig is a special teammate, a special player, you know, a special, a special human being, and uh, we all love him, you know, and, uh, you know, we wish him nothing but the best and uh, for him to continue to stay healthy and, and help us winning ball games in Detroit. Well, it's fun to watch him doing well. It's fun to watch West Michigan doing well. So far, 17-6 and six through the first 23 games in half number two. Brian Pena, the manager of the West Michigan Whitecaps, I can't thank you enough for doing this, giving us a little peek behind the curtain to understand this team, what's made them click, and what's made it so successful for you guys. Congratulations on a great start in the second half. Yeah, it's all about my bullpens. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, all about catching bullpens. That's Brian Pena right here on the Road to Detroit podcast. You know, I always knew Brian Pena was a Tom Brady fan. What I didn't realize was that he is a massive Michigan fan. I don't even, does he know that the producer of this show's uncle was the quarterback at Michigan for four years? Nate, that was your uncle John Wangler, right? It was, and I don't even know if he's aware that Mama Wang's is chili outside of the stadium at Michigan Stadium is one of the best foods in all of college football tailgating. So I feel like Brian Pena deserves the Michigan experience at least once. For the record, that's not subjective. That is objective. That has actually been a ranked tailgating dish, Mama Wang's chili. Is that right? That is That is right. Mama Wang's is chili. Try it. Outside of the stadium, I forget which parking lot it's in, but it's one of them. You'll find it. Well, Brian Pena, if he's sticks around at all. Maybe his team can make an extended playoff run. Maybe there'll be an opportunity for Brian Pena to visit the big house after all.
Look, where else are you going to find out that Brian Pena is a massive Michigan Wolverines fan? If that's you, do us a favor. Go to the podcast page you found this podcast on and go hit us with a five-star rating. We've been getting some great reviews lately. Cannot thank you enough for rating and reviewing the show. Let's take a look at the road ahead. We're back to a six-game series throughout the minor league system this week. Just had three games over the course of the weekend. Lakeland starts a six-game road series on the road against Bradenton. That's the low-A team for the Pittsburgh Pirates, while West Michigan hosts the Dayton Dragons for six games. That's the high-A team for the nearby Cincinnati Reds. So a couple of teams with in-state major league affiliates going head-to-head this week. By the way, the Whitecaps have won all five of their series here in the second half. Erie's got the Phillies double-A team, the Fightin' Phils for six games. And Toledo hosts the Indianapolis Indians for a six-game set. They are also a Pirates minor league team. That one at the AAA level. That's a look at the road ahead. And that's this edition of the Road to Detroit podcast presented by Carhartt. Our thanks to you for listening. Our thanks to Ryan Kreidler, the Tigers' number six prospect. Can't imagine it'll be too much longer before we see him back in Toledo. And a huge thanks to Brian Pena. And best of luck to his West Michigan team the remainder of this second half. We plan on being back with you for another edition of the Road to Detroit podcast next week. But if the Tigers do anything unexpected over the next couple of days, we might have to come back and visit you a little bit early. We're always ready. We stay ready here on the RTD. And with that, we'll talk to you all next week. For our producer, Nate Wangler, my name is Dan Hasty. This has been the Road to Detroit podcast presented by Carhartt. And until next week. See ya! No one's been part of more first days of work than Carhartt. And in the same way rookies have to keep earning respect, Carhartt never stops earning the respect of hardworking people like you. From building rugged gear that's tougher than any first day or worst day of work, to re-engineering the classics to outwork the future. Trust your Carhartts to keep doing their job long after you've been doing yours. Since 1889, Carhartt's got your back 24-7. Visit Carhartt.com or visit a retail store near you. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.